Welcome to episode 60 of the Dortmund Fan Club London podcast um, and time flies when you're having fun and it's going to be great fun today with Ed Ahrens who is a deputy um, editor, sports editor at the Guardian newspaper which is one of the UK's best newspapers and he's written this absolutely wonderful book um, made in Africa. Ed was on uh, episode 58 talking about English football governance which was a real pleasure. Ed how are you today and uh, thank you for writing this wonderful book. No worries. I thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, it's nice to be here. I'm I'm very good, thank you. So Ed, um, you grew up as you were telling me on the last show. You grew up supporting Aston uh, <laughs> Crystal Palace. <laughs> not not the villain. That's all right. My mum's an uh, Aston Villa supporter, so I don't mind that. That's, that's my. It's that's always been my English club. Uh, to be oh, fair, right up to about the Martin O'Neill era. And um yeah, I um yeah, the Randy Lerner era put me off a bit. So um you were telling me that you're a big, big fan of um Ian Wright and uh, indeed I'm sure as 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 a person who does a lot of media yourself, television and so on, you you've got to meet Ian over the over the years, right? I have, yeah. I have a couple of times, yeah. Is he as cool uh, as he seems? He's very cool, yeah. Yeah, I met him for the first time in TGI Fridays when I was about ten. Oh, nice. And I've seen him. I can remember all the... But I've met him in, as a journalist as well and interviewed him a couple of times. Really cool. Very really nice cool. guy, yeah. yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So um, you were also saying about um, the Cameroon national team in 1990s with Roger Miller and, um, and you know, what, what an incredible club uh, team that was at the time in that World Cup. I think it was the first African team to make it to the quarterfinals. Unfortunately, they were knocked out by by England. Uh, well, fortunately, if you're a Three Lions fan. Um, but... Uh-huh. Um, what really inspired you to write this wonderful book um, that was published in 2020 by Arena Publishing? Um, and I guess, I mean, uh, as far as my research goes, it seems to be your first book. That's right. Yeah, it, well, it, it is my first book. So, yeah, it's, it's a long story, really. We are starting with that Cameroon game in in, in 1990 and then um, the arrival of, of lots of uh, African players into the, into the Premier League during my sort of teenage years. People like, as I'm sure uh, German sports will remember, Tony Yaboa. Yeah, uh, And Peter, Peter and Louv and Lucas Redebe from South Africa. South um, African Leeds United player, yeah. That's right, yeah. But yeah, but really, and Yaboa was, was really big for me, actually. I mentioned him because I'm a striker as well. I still play a bit of football, but I wasn't, right. I'm nowhere, obviously nowhere near as good as Yaboa. But the way that he used to play, he saw, you know, he's like a ball, just used to charge and... <laughs> Hit his shots with so much power, and um, yeah, and it was. I, I I just got really interested in in African players from from there, and they started to have a really big influence on the Premier League. Um, and then a bit later, when I was a journalist, I went to live in South Africa for the for the World Cup for for a couple of years. The twenty ten World Cup, yeah, I remember that's that right. Yeah, so yeah. before and afterwards, I lived there to sort of get the, the build up to it, and and then the aftermath, and yeah, that really. It, really encouraged my interest in in african football and when i came home to the uk after after that world cup i i uh, started working on it really around then uh, 
yes yeah, a, a couple of years after that but i had the idea by then definitely absolutely um, yeah, yeah it was well, something that i think was really needed in uh, in the annals of football history because there's been such an important story from the, that time of african players in in the premier league and uh, and beyond uh, so i wanted to try and record that Nice, beautiful. Yeah, we had Delron Buckley. Um, don't know if you remember him. Seventy-seven times uh, South Africa international, yeah. former Dortmund player. We had him on the show. I can only recommend him. He is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. And also, Mark Fish was another one I remember very well from that great era of South African players. An absolute legend, Mark Fish. Yeah, he he was. Uh, him and Lucas Radebe were in the same Orlando Pirates team that won the. Um, Champions League, the African Champions League in 1995. And then they were, they reformed their partnership for the African Nations Cup the year after that when South Africa won. Um, and that was, yeah, that's a great team. I've always kind of idolized those two, actually. So, talking about your book, um, I guess, I mean, I'm a sports biographer myself, um, University of East Anglia, and I mainly focus on the Bundesliga. But um, my, my greatest pleasure is interviewing um, uh, players and coaches, and I've interviewed 40 so far. Um, I've mentioned some of them, you know, Vinnie Samways, Bert van Marwijk and, um, and others, and Sunday Olize and other people, which has been just absolutely incredible. Um, I'm sure you'll remember Sunday Olize from the, what was it, 1998 World Cup, that uh, amazing strike from the yeah. end of the box against Spain? Of course, yeah. I was talking to uh, somebody about him the other day, actually. Yeah, I've, I've interviewed him before as well. An right. Amazing player. Yeah, absolutely amazing player. Humble humble man. Humble yes. and great man. Yeah. Yeah. What was your experience like and who did you interview? I mean, you mentioned um, you mentioned Anthony Baffo. No, you, no, Tony Yaboa, you mentioned. Anthony Baffo was 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 one of the first um, the first ever black player to play in Germany was uh, Erwin Kostede. Uh, he played for the German national team in 1974, played for Kickers Offenbach and Hertha Berlin. Um, and uh, and also Borussia Dortmund for one season. But um, talking about black players in England or African players in England, let's say, rather than Afro-Caribbean players, um, which players did you actually get to meet and what was your experience in terms of researching the book? My yeah, I mean, I, it was it was it took a long time, I have to say, and it was really difficult actually because to, to track people down was was really hard. And I managed to do it. I tried as, as to get as many people as I could in uh you know on paper and interview i managed to interview sadio mane jürgen klopp wow uh, not not directly salah but people close to salah uh nabi kaita um and then going back sort of daniel amakachi lucas radibi um who else uh christopher ray and um marks um brian steen who used to play for luton but yeah, some some people were just out of reach oh. for whatever reason, weren't interested in doing it. But it was a yeah, it was it was a real challenge trying to trying to find some of the players that were not so famous. You know, that they played at a time when they were famous then, but they didn't really. You know, they, they they'd retired long long since, and maybe their achievements hadn't been recognised how they how they should have been in a lot of cases. So it was quite nice to get their story, but a lot of the time, sadly, their stories were tinged with you know like experiences of racism and stuff like that which yeah for a lot of them the early players it really affected their careers yeah yeah indeed uh, evan costed has brought out his biography uh and um that is very heavily the case and um 
Likewise, but also I found that the stories are stories of hope. Talking to Sunday Olise, he talked to me about being in a small village in Nigeria. And um, he said to me, you know, if God hadn't wanted me to be in Juventus, you know, I would never I would never have been there. So, I mean, it was obviously he felt very much that it was his kind of divine rite of passage, if you like. And I find that wonderful humility and, and, and sense of kind of, you know, uh, hope that that are in the stories of African players, um, because having coached myself in Africa and Ethiopia uh, mm. in 2013 um, on a, just on a placement, um, uh, I, I had uh, just the amazing experience of working with with African footballers, and um, it really it's just stuck with me for life and this fascination. And your book really brought a lot of it to life, a lot of those beautiful stories and so on. The African players that you see in Germany and in England. You know, all, all players have had to work their socks off, as we say in England, um, yeah. to to get to where they are, and they've all got a story behind them. That every every single player, but African players, and this is this is it is a generalization, but it's I'm sorry, but it's true. Um, they've had to work a lot harder to to get there because the things that are put in there, the obstacles that are put in their way, even today, it's pretty much true. I think. I mean, there's there's some that get fast track to the superstardom but in all reality they've had to work work so hard and and fight against you know more difficult things than somebody maybe who grows up in england and germany but that's not to say that they they, they don't have their struggles as well because as we know it's yeah. life isn't fair sometimes um so what were the stories that really um i mean it's it's absolutely fascinating listening to you and as i said you really bring it to life i mean what were the stories that um kind of writing the book that kind of really touched you well i have to say well starting starting from the very beginning um arthur wharton who was a goalkeeper the first goalkeeper so the first african player to play in the english field who's a goalkeeper and this is going back way you know, into the 19th century the end of the 19th century yeah, and, England had a real boom in football at the time. Yeah, it was kind of the the the, the birth of the professional game in many ways. It, it was still very, very amateurly run, but it was the start of players players starting to get paid in the very early stages and not very much. And really, yeah, he was a bit of a superstar. He was, he was also a, like the hundred yards world record holder. Um, he was born in Ghana, uh, but grew up in well, came to England to go to school. And stayed, and so he was a really multi-talented sportsman. Also, he used to play cricket <laughs> and a few other sports, even rugby league, apparently, which is a, a, a game they play in northern England. Nice. And, uh, but then, like some of his uh, uh, successors uh, in the book, like um, Steve McConey and uh, Albert Johansson, things didn't go very well for him after his after his retirement from football. And it was, you know, like we, were, like I mentioned before, the struggles with racism and discrimination really really took their toll on on these early pioneers who ended up well a lot of them ended up as destitute and one in steve mcconey who was in the 1950s and played for coventry for a few years before going on to play for heracles in uh, in holland um with some distinction but he ended up in prison in yeah. the united states uh for um, organising an attack on his wife. And it was a really, really crazy history that, that happened to him after his, his retirement. And, you know, it, so that's what really attracted me to the book, some of the earlier stories and the characters that um, and the things they had to go through just to, you know, to make it 
better and uh, more level playing field for, for today's footballers. Yeah. One of the campaigns that our fan club have been having for a few years is to do a mural of Erwin Kostetter, the first ever black national team player mm. in Germany. And we've been struggling to find clubs to accept a mural because Erwin also spent some time in prison uh, after being wrongly accused of robbing a, uh, robbing a shop. So, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. That's an interesting story. But, yeah, talking of murals in Germany, you know, I, uh, the the one of uh, – I, I talk about it in my book. I think I spoke to Jürgen Klopp about the, the Tony Yeboa mural that the Frankfurt fans did um, in – I don't know if you saw that a couple of years ago. It was that they took over a, a uh, an apartment block and uh, it was an amazing, amazing mural of, of Yeboa in his prime playing for Frankfurt. Beautiful. He, he was a real pioneer for – you know, and this is – like I was saying before, the, the revolution of African players came before uh, in Germany than it did in England. Yeah, I remember him very well, that very striking red and black shirt. Um, mm. A great uh, Frankfurt team at the time with the great uh, Lajos Deteri, Hungarian midfielder who was yeah. a, a sort of mini Maradona at the time. And as you say, I mean, for a lot of players, their careers, their life after the careers, like, uh, you know, is, is often very, very difficult. Um, David James is one who's gone bankrupt and, uh, you know, a lot of them have have very um, you know, have had in, in illustrious careers and so on, and it's very difficult to um, you know, to plan ahead. I think, and you know, football is a very tough, tough business. Um, you talked about uh, Jurgen Klopp. I mean, that must have been something, but I think that's something for another show. But um, what what do you feel has been the main contribution in terms of of African players to the English game? I mean, um, as I mentioned before, the Fashionu brothers. Um, uh, also, remember um, uh, they were British, obviously, but um, of of uh, of African background, Nigerian background, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, that's right. Well, they were they were um, Bernardo's kids. They were adopted by um, a white family in, in Norfolk and brought up there. Um, but yeah, there's a charity called the Dr. Bernardo's and they, yeah, they, they were adopted via that. But yeah, uh, John Fashion, who went on to play for England very oh, a couple of times, I think. But Justin Fashion, who was, was an amazing player, he played for Norwich and, and Nottingham Forest, but, but tragically um, uh, killed himself. In 1991, because he he was a uh, he was well he was the first openly gay footballer, and he was really uh, suffered terrible discrimination from you know even the pre in the press, um and uh, it's a very sad story, but yeah there's a, that's another aspect of the of the books sort of the the uh, diaspora of yes of of African players uh, uh, especially in the UK and you see that now in the in the England team you know Bakaya Saka for example yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, there's plenty of players of, of of African heritage in the youth teams of England coming through. It's really, it's really really good to see. There's there's a healthy uh, a healthy relationship between you know the, the players that grow up in the UK and and uh, and their homelands as well, or that their parents' homelands as well. And you, you see some of them end up, end up playing for them as well in the international stadium. They need that um, that they grew up in England or were born in England. Yeah, absolutely right. And I mean, the contribution of, of uh, players of Afro-Caribbean background can't be underestimated. I mean, going back to players like John Barnes, but I mean, you know, there's been so, 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 so very many. I mean, one, you know, I wouldn't even know where to start, but I'm thinking um, Laurie Cunningham um, back in the yeah. 1970s who played for Real Madrid was another one. Oh, it was a fantastic, 
fantastic player. Yeah, he he. Uh, I think he was one of the few Real Madrid players to be afforded a standing ovation at the new camp because he he played so well there. He was he was a fantastic player, and he but he died very early in a car crash. Yeah, a tragic story, and indeed yeah. he was playing with Uli Stielicke, um, a German player at the time. In Bernd Schuster was the German um, strike, uh, the player at yeah. uh, Barcelona at the time. It was uh, an era of of, uh, of some wonderful football players. I'm a huge admirer of that era of the 1980s and 1990s, which I guess is basically when I grew up um, watching. Yeah, football. that's when you well, that's when you have your for, your formative years. Yeah, you always look back with rose rose tinted spectacles, but. I remember, I remember the Dortmund team in the Champions League when you won the Champions League and that uh, Lars Ricken team. Yeah, and uh, that was a fantastic team. Yeah, I've played really with fantastic. Lars actually. I played at FC Sheffield. We did a, a centenary oh, match at FC Sheffield against FC Sheffield. In fact, the first football club. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's a really nice guy. I saw him last week in Edinburgh uh, for the UEFA Youth League. He now runs the Dortmund Academy. Right. So. In essence, um, talking about the book, um, one of Dortmund players that comes up in the book is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Did you interview Oba? Um, I met him once, um, seemed like an extremely cool guy. I know one of his friends very well, um, Massimo Mariotti, um, who was the club interpreter at Dortmund, who's now at Hamburg. Um, what was your impression I, of Oba? I didn't interview him, no, but I like, I, he's a, yeah, he is a good, he's a cool guy. It's a shame that kind of, it's gone a bit sour for him in, in England. And I mean, we saw, we saw the best of him, but not for long, that long. I think you had the best years of him. He was amazing when he was at Dortmund, wasn't he? Just, you know, him and him at the, the, the battles with, um, with Lewandowski for the, for the golden boot were, were epic, were they? Every year it was like those two going for it. And, um, yeah, he's, he, he was good at Arsenal for a bit, but it's a shame that, you know, he was basically so, you know, Shown the door, wasn't he, from from Arsenal, and then now he's come back to yeah. Chelsea, not even in the Champions League squad. So that's right, that's right, absolutely. And then there was a sort of tragic little um, episode at Barcelona where it didn't really work out, and it was his massive dream because his mum is half Spanish, so mm. he had this big dream to play for Barca. Um, yeah. Another player that um, comes up in your book is Didier Drogba, who for me. You know, Dortmund are playing Chelsea um, the week after next. I mean, it's hugely exciting. And Drogba, for me, was one of the great uh, Chelsea players. Um, and we'll always, uh, you know, I, I've always loved the Ivory Coast, the way they play. And Ivory Coast, Senegal and Cameroon have always been my favourite African teams. Um, and I dream of going to the African Cup of Nations. Ed, I suspect you've already been. Yeah, well, to, in, in, when I was finishing off the book, really, uh, a lot of my final bits of doing the book was uh, at the... 2019 Afcon in Egypt. Um, Amazing. And, uh, I went over there, and yeah, it was it was a great experience. I mean, Egypt is a, a their passion for football is is amazing. It's, it yeah. was really great to see uh, you know people turn up for games like four hours before and more actually. So that was really really great to, to see, and yeah, got lots of good stuff for the book as well. It was great. I think it's really really important to try and immerse yourself in these. Uh, these tournaments when you can yeah absolutely wonderful extraordinary experience i really really hope to be able to go to the african cup of nations um and uh indeed um wow that's really really cool so um what does it take to write a book like that i mean how much how many hours a week did you have to put in and how did you manage to ma manage your job at the same time yeah it was quite it was quite difficult but i just tried to split it into well i obviously split it into chapters and work on you know work on them when i could 
Um, but it was, yeah, there's two sort of streams to the book, like the, an old, going back to the very beginning with Arthur Wharton, who I mentioned, and then the, the sort yeah. of modern stream, which follows that season of Liverpool and Manchester City were going for the title and Liverpool had Mane, Salah and Keita and um, Man City had, well, as well as Riyad Mahrez, they also had um, Vincent Company, whose dad was is from DRC Congo. And uh, also there's Divock Origi from Liverpool, who who's, who plays for Belgium, but he's from a Kenyan heritage and his, his parents were, his dad That's and his amazing. uncle were great, great footballers as well. So it was just kind of like drawing the modern strands together. And, and then there was Obo Arsenal, who finished as top scorer with Sadio Mane and, and Salah that season. So it was the real, the season, probably the biggest ever impact that African players have had. But it continues, you know, like in this in this window that's just gone by all these English clubs spending lots of money and lots of African players coming in as well, like Southampton. Or a very exciting winger, Sulamina from from Ghana, for example. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, a, I think I, have to, I haven't actually counted this season. Like you normally count every year how many African players there are. Yeah. And it's, it's up towards the most ever, but uh, yeah. of around 40-odd was last season, I think. So, yeah. it's quite a lot. But obviously in Germany, you have quite a lot of African players as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Amel Bella Kotchap is another one at Southampton who came from Firefield Bochum. Oh, um, he's doing really well. He's, well, great he, player he had a good out. start, but they're struggling as a team. And I just wanted to mention Jamie by uh, Bino Gittens to you as well because uh, nice one. Been watching <laughs> on with 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 great uh, interest to see how he's getting on. Nice uh, one. The, the latest Englishman that you that you that you've got over there is great. Yep, absolutely. And Barbados parents from Barbados. Yes. Um, I, I yeah, I, I know some of his um, I know some of his family, and uh, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to them about the whole experience. And uh, indeed, as you mentioned earlier, we've had um, Jude Bellingham, um, obviously uh, Jaden Sancho, Jamie Bino Gittens, and hopefully more English players to come. Mm. Um, well, I think Jaden. I've, I've interviewed him, and I said I think he deserves a lot of credit for that because he was the he was the pioneer, wasn't he, for that decision and it's not just Dortmund you know and not just Germany but lots of English kids that have come to Germany have done really well and it, and it's it's great because we've had this insular attitude throughout you know the Premier League especially when the Premier League got yeah. big players weren't going abroad like every England squad was full of just packed every every player played for an English club but it's good you saw how Bellingham how important Bellingham was to England in the World Cup that's right and just it's another route I think it's a it's a, a really exciting to see by my Gittens. Hopefully he's going to be as good as Sancho and, uh, and Bellingham. Yeah, absolutely. I was at um, Norwich City versus Birmingham. Um, and um, yeah, Joe, Joe Bellingham, 16-year-old brother of Jude. Oh, yeah. Birmingham City player um, on Tuesday night. And um, yeah, just great to see, great to see the progress. And indeed, um, Mark Bellingham, um, uh, who recently retired as a police sergeant uh, in the West Midlands uh, was the is the leading all time scorer uh, in English amateur football, as scoring more than seven hundred yeah. goals. I love that fact. You know what? I saw um, Jude play for Birmingham when he was sixteen against Charlton. Um, if I was working, I just went to the game to cover it, and he yeah he scored the winning goal, obviously. And yeah, I, I know. I just looked him up then, and I noticed that his dad was uh, was this famous goal scorer. So it was a great, it was a great bit of intro, you know, something to do with my intro. 
And since then, I've actually been in touch with his dad a little bit. Um, not too much, but I yeah, asked him for an interview, but he, he doesn't want it. He didn't want to do it, but he's he's got definitely got Jude's best interest. Oh, I think he's done a great job. Absolutely. Really great job. The whole family deserves a lot of credit. Tell me, Ed, um, how good do you think JBG is, um, Jamie Bino Gittens? I mean, do you think Dortmund have signed another another potential uh, stellar performer there? He looks fantastic. I didn't know, I have to say, I didn't know much about him until he made his breakthrough for for for, for Dortmund, but he looks un- unbelievable. And yeah, I know he, I've, I've, seen, I've done a bit of research since I know he, he had an injury. Um, but, you know, it looks like the sky's the limit for him. And the great thing for him is that he's getting, getting game time because he was, you know, if he was still at Manchester City, that wouldn't be the case of anything. Although, you know, they have tried to bring players through, but the, the standard is so high that to get any minutes in that team, you've got to be hundred million pound player almost these days. So yeah, it's easy to see that while, while they're taking that option to go and play good football in another country. Beautiful. Um, what's next on the agenda for Ed Ahrens? What's your next book? What are you working on? Well, I'd like to do an update on Made in Africa. And uh, I'd also do a podcast with my colleague, uh, Rom and Osman. Um, so trying to keep that going. But also, yeah, lots of other things I do. been working on sexual abuse cases in football for about the last three years now. And, um, yeah, that's a massive issue that is very much ongoing so i've been devoting a lot of my time to that for the last few years uh, but yeah at some point i would like to write another book i'm not sure what about yet but we will see what's the name of your podcast for anybody who wants to check it's it in conveniently called made in africa as well so made it's in just africa. trying to keep the, the whole thing going so we discuss you know um players in the premier league of african heritage normally pick a pick a, a subject like so this is a, i'm about to record one actually later on today i think with uh with my colleague about Christian Atsu, who obviously sadly died in yeah, the Ghanaian died in, in, in earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he played for, for four clubs in England in total, and has a you know lived lived in Newcastle with his family. So it was really tragic, and uh, my my two Ghanaian colleagues are going to be joining me to talk about that and pay tribute to him a little bit. Nice, absolutely beautiful. I remember uh, playing for Newcastle United, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah, Newcastle, Everton. Bournemouth and he was also at Chelsea didn't make any appearances but he was owned by Chelsea for for a long time um and uh yeah it's just awful news really really sad indeed it's been it's hit the community um big time and um uh, likewise um I was uh we, we, we're setting up a, a chat I could give up give our little match a plug at the end here yeah. Uh, we've got a charity match against the Chelsea Supporters Group, Borussia, uh, the Dortmund Fan Club London against the uh, Chelsea Supporters Group on 7th of uh, March um, to uh, to raise money for the DEC British Red Cross Earthquake Appeal. And uh, hopefully, Ed, I can twist your arm to come down or even even play with us on the Dortmund team. We'd, we'd love to meet you in person. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. No worries. It's been my pleasure. If you yeah, if you need a player, let me know. I'll I'll uh, I'll come gladly come down. Hopefully, score some goals for you. <laughs> you know what? I actually believe you. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a good game back last the first game for a couple of weeks and scored a couple, so it was good. Nice one. Good Absolutely. to be back. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Ed Aaron's. Where Thank where you. can people reach you uh, on Twitter? It's it's Ed underscore Aaron's. Just tell that's me right. Ben. Yeah, Ed underscore Aaron's and uh, and and on uh, Ed Aaron's guard guardian. Um, on Instagram fantastic 
Thanks a lot for talking about Made in Africa. And um, perhaps when you've written your second book, we'll get you back on the show. Thank you very much. And best of luck for the rest of the season and against Chelsea as well. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Ed. Cheers.